Sometimes when you prepare a series of lessons as I did in this series with others in mind, oftentimes the one preparing it is the most profoundly changed. Sometimes when you take a topic and look at it from a certain perspective, you begin to see things you've not seen before. It's like, it's always been there in Scripture, but somehow it's not until I started digging it for this angle, I'm going, wow, this has been helpful to me. And this particular lesson has been one that has created a, it's really created some great perspectives for me. You know, we want peace. We want happiness. We want to have the gift of God in our lives. We want to be able to have an understanding of who we are and where we're going. We want fulfillment in this life. And let's talk about that. So we talk about why do we give? We give because God has given. We give because we've received a gift that we could no way repay or no way give to anybody else. It's the greatest gift of heaven. We've we received the gift of Jesus Christ. God so loved that He gave His only begotten Son. And when we understand that, it is a life changer when we understand it. Now recognize sometimes we could say the words, we could define the words, but when it comes to the point, this has been for me, there's something profoundly changing in that. In John 4 and verse 10, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. Here's Jesus trying to, to engage a dead person into life. And here is God saying, I want you to know something. I want you to know of my gift. If you knew the gift of God. And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What's living water? Let's talk about that. Living water. We talked about this morning about what those living things do. They eat and they drink. Living water, in my opinion, is having a complete fulfillment in your life. Knowing who you are. Knowing you're going the right path. Understanding that I have the blessings of God and that's all I need. We are created in the image of God. And here is a point. Here's my big point that really helped me. When we're made in the image of God, we're going to be most happy when we're imitating the image of God. You know one thing that our God loves to do? Our God loves to give. We've been talking about that over and over again. Get this. Here's my point. Here's the main point of lesson. You get this, we can go home. Maybe we can just finish in five minutes. But here's the point. We are not happy. We have no fulfillment in this life unless we learn to give. Giving is fulfilling. And when we give it with God's path, you know, Satan can take our need to give and pervert it and create something evil out of it. There's some people that, that Jesus said in John 15, they're going to kill you and they think they do God's service. So you have to understand that our giving has to be guided by the Word of God. But I look back on my parents and I think about all the sacrificial things they did for me. And you know what? They were glad to give. Now as a parent and a grandparent, I understand that. I love to give my children good gifts. I don't give them everything they want. Oh, no, no, no. But I love to give them good gifts. That's how we're created. So the next time you're upset, you feel empty in your life, think about your relationship with God and think, am I giving as God wants me to give? Is God using me as a gift? 
when you find yourself in that path, there's real meaning. There's real purpose. And so, you know, you find people today and, and they, they shun giving. As we talked about earlier, they, they view giving like a tax. Let me do the minimum. Let me hold my nose and get by. Why can't I get by with? No, people who really get the grace of God, they love to give. Now give wisely. Sometimes we can give and hurt people. So we're going to talk about God's wisdoms. Like I say, we don't just give anybody anything they want. But go back to the nature of God. Luke 11 and verse 13. Looks like we're going to have a little PowerPoint hiccup here, but not a big problem. I'll just read it to you. Luke 11 and verse 13. What is God like? Luke 11, 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish... Will they give them a serpent instead of a fish? Now, if you're dealing with boys, boys might like to have the snake, but that, I'm getting off the topic here a little bit. Verse 12. Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? You then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Here's the understatement of the world here. Look at this. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Did you know that God loves to give? You think about this. We talked about this last night. This creator of the universe. This creator. We think about the vastness of the universe. We think about the detailed wisdom in just creating life. As we think about God, our God loves to give. And He'll give us what we really need. Our God's an awesome God. If we can get, as Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, it'll change you. Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, when I think about God, He's eternal, He's all-powerful, He's all-knowing. Anyway, I was talking about this in the last lesson. Does God need anything? You know, I, I might could say that God... God wants our, 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 our worship. God wants to give to us. Do you call it a need? I don't know what you would call it, but except I know this, when, I, when we part from Him, it grieves Him. Somehow, the Creator of the universe is given, has given us His intense love to each of us individually. That ought to blow my mind, but it lets me want... I, I want to be with God. I want God in my life. I want His help. I want to listen to Him. He is the essence of my completeness. If I am empty, I'm not listening to God. And so, you know what worship is. If you can go through the Greek word worship, proskuneo is one of the words. It literally means to kiss the hand upward. We talked about this last lesson, but talk about it one more time. Our worship is a gift. Giving is the essence of Christianity. Giving is the essence of the purpose for the life of each of us. And so how it all begins, again, I'm, this is a simple lesson. But you know why we give? Because God's given. Why do we love? Because we love because God first loved us. First John four nineteen. We we why are we grace is the concept of grace is undeserved gift. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You know what the big challenge to grace is? Is human pride. You're not going to receive God's gift if you're arrogant. You're not going to receive God's gift if you want to be the center of the universe because you're taking God off His throne and you're putting yourself on the throne. 
and you'll be miserable. We got to break that stubborn will. But when we get it, it's not getting that life is about. It's giving. And there's a profound change. And again, we live in a very competitive world. Get, 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 get. I got to get more than you. I got to have this. That's a big challenge. But when we get the understanding of the grace of God, it moves us to action. Um, in in uh, Titus 2.11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that, that, uh, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deeds and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Giving changes us. And so, as we talk about that, I want to go to 2 Corinthians 8. I'm, I'm not going to cover all this outline, and, and you know why. And our time, we, we want to just make some critical points here. 2 Corinthians 8, listen to this. I'll give you one good example. How do you know when people get it as Christians? You know, we've talked about already in the first lesson, have you ever known a, a thankful person to fall away? You know what a thankful person comes from? A thankful person comes from somebody who sees the grace of God and they keep saying, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, thank you. It keeps us humble. There was a monetary contribution asked for by certain churches in 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 1 Corinthians 16. But notice there were certain churches asked and there was a church in Macedonia there were churches in Macedonia. They were undergoing a famine. They were in need. The famine was so bad, in my understanding of history, the Romans stopped taxing them. I mean, when the Romans start to stop taxing somebody, that's a pretty bad situation. And Paul was thinking, well, the churches of Macedonia, they're not going to be able to give. And you know what the churches of Macedonia found out when they said, we're going to take up this contribution to help the needy saints in Jerusalem? Listen to their attitude. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, now notice, let's look at this formula, a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, and their deep poverty. So let's take this, affliction... Abundance of joy, deep poverty. What does that equal? And their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then by us by the will of God. When I first started doing this series, I can imagine somebody sees the title and they think, oh, Larry's going to talk about the contribution. Well, not very much. This does talk about monetary giving, but what we're really talking about today is a life of giving. And here was a church, a church that was undergoing affliction. They had the joy in understanding the grace of God. They had deep poverty. And get this, they begged to give. 
They said, don't you let us out of this. And Paul says, they gave beyond what I thought they could do. You see, Christians love to give. Now, we can't give beyond our ability. You know, technically, and I know Paul said they did in a sense here. But you see, there's the Christian life. I remember we had a member that became a widow, was trying to work through some very big issues. And there were some brethren that wanted to take a collection up for something and they wanted to leave her out of it. And she kind of indicated, at least privately to a member, don't leave me out of this. (laughs) I I may be having some struggles, I may be having some difficulty, but don't leave me out of giving. You see, when we get it as a Christian, giving's a privilege. Giving is a joy. And there is the key to a joyful life. This is a simple lesson. It really is. We are made to give. And when we get it, then it goes by the way. Money is probably the least thing we can give. You know what I can give that's more valuable than money? My time. Being with somebody. Taking time to be with them. You see, it, don't just think about money. We're talking about much, much more than money. And do we view our gift as a privilege or a burden? And when it's a privilege, then, you see, this changes everything. Why did Jesus come to earth? You know the verse. I already quoted you the verse. For God so loved the world that He gave. And you can finish that quote, can't you? That He gave. God gives. Mark 10, 44, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. Giving. If I want to be happy, I want to be giving. I want to be giving with wisdom, giving with purpose. Giving. What did Jesus do for you? Could you imagine? Can you imagine the sacrifice Jesus made just to become the baby? Just to become man? Think about it. Here he, he's fully God. He's everywhere. He has all wisdom. He has all power. There's no weakness. And Jesus emptied himself and he emptied himself to become a man. Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of a mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not for his own interest, but for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And you keep reading the context. He gave up the privileges of deity. To become a man. He still was God as a man, but He limited His power. Could you imagine tomorrow if you and I became an earthworm? And that's not a great illustration. Jesus just coming to this world gave. And then He came. He came to His own. His own didn't receive Him. He came to His own and they crucified Him. But He knew that what He was doing, He was giving and showing us giving is what it's about. Giving. That gift melts our heart, changes us, and we become givers. There's my lesson. Simple as can be. But it's really important. It becomes foundational in our thinking. You know what? You want to be miserable? Just make yourself the center of the universe. Remember all your hurts. Become the big victim. Let your identity be with your victimhood and you find other people. This is happening to me. This is happening to me. Woe is me. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. You know, we could go on. And there's some people, they really think that's going to make them happy. 
and it doesn't. I love it when I see changes that are made as we teach, as we serve, and see lives that come to us that are changed. You know, as a parent, you know that as parents. You want to see your, you want to give your children back to God. When you start seeing that maturity develop and those little steps that are taken and, and oh, you get gray hair wondering if anything is going to happen. There's sometimes you would think to grab your children, have I taught you anything? You know, and I, I, I realize I'm getting off topic a little bit as parents, but you know, God's that way with us. Oh, what it could mean for us to learn to give. We already read John 4.23 in the last lesson. Remember, this is God. God wants worshipers. And guess what? You know what worshipers are? Well, they are givers. Worshiping is giving. Worship, the essence of worship is thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm giving you, God. You see, worship is giving. How about that? It's giving. Think about that. We're coming here to give God a gift. What are we giving Him? We giving Him the scraps? Are we giving them a heart? You know, I remember years ago I had a dog by the name of Baron. He was a hunting dog. He was a dog I played with. My dad went hunting. I liked to play with Baron. And every now and then, you know, we would we would give him the scraps. I understand we shouldn't do that now, but you know, back in our days we'd give the dogs the scraps. Okay, so that's what we did. But I feel pretty bad coming out to Baron. I'm giving him the scraps. You know, of course, he was excited. And every now and then, though, my mama didn't know it, but you know what? I'd get a good piece of chicken, take it out there, give it to Baron. I just couldn't, couldn't stand it just giving him the scraps. And you know, I treat my dog better than some brother treat their, their God if you're just giving him the scraps. Think about that. We want to give good gifts, and the best gifts we want to give is to God. And what He wants is our hearts. And so again, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, So each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we also know it's better to give than to receive. But, but though we, we do need to receive gifts too, so I would note that. We want to give and we want to receive. It's okay to receive because we're giving God a gift and God loves to receive a gift. But the greater gift is in giving. And so that's how I know I really understand God's grace. One more time, look at the context that we, verse 7, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So each of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, uh, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. We're talking about more than just money here. The context is money, but the overall process is giving. And you want to have abundance in your life, give. I know, this is becoming a Jericho sermon. You heard about Jericho sermons? You march around the same point seven times and then shout, but I'm okay saying make it seven times. Talking about this, this, this important topic of giving. And so, that's very interesting. Did you know worldly people give? Now, there, there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you may want to give. You know what happens sometimes when churches get messed up and they're thinking about how rich clothes, they, somebody's rich, somebody's poor. And they'll, oh, let me serve the rich. Now, why are they doing that? And they ignore the poor. Why are they doing that? 
they're, they're giving a little bit to hope to get a lot. It's carnal. It's ugly. It's self-centered. Matthew 5.45, it says, "...that you may be sons of your Father in heaven." For He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more, uh, what, what do you do more than, than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is imperfect. If I want to be like my God, I give to everybody. And you know Matthew 6. You know why some people give? Look at me! Look at me! Take heed that you do not your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. I want people to love God. I want my efforts to show them, and starting with my own children, that sacrificial effort is fulfilling. And I don't have to have something back in return for my giving. Because my God gave to me. And you could read the rest of Matthew 6 where he talks about the motives you know, there's some people that are into giving that it's almost a form of self-worship. We'll talk about this tomorrow afternoon. We're going to talk about how the love of God protects us from deception. And sometimes we can turn around and when we're, when this arrogant, you know, it was the Pharisees that were saying, look at me, I'm going to sound a trumpet. And they were, they were, they didn't know God. They didn't know the grace of God. They ended up crucifying Jesus and they were givers. But they weren't the right kind of givers. Now, here's one more point I, I really want you to think about. This is one I didn't think about till this lesson. Do you know giving occurs in many forms? We talk about giving time, giving gifts, giving money. How about this, brethren? Forgiveness is a form of giving. I remember mentioning this to my daughter, and she says, yeah, forgive, F-O-R-E, to give before. I didn't include this, this in my outline here, but you remember when Jesus gave the model prayer that we forgive our debtors? He talks about debts in the sense of forgiving. You know what happens when we forgive? We write off the debt. We pay the price. We give. It's a great challenge in the church for people to unconditionally give up their desire for personal vengeance and then when one has repented and asked for forgiveness to forgive that this is a great challenge the unconditional side of giving up your desire for vengeance is a form of giving and brethren no one pays a higher price than the unforgiving person and that will be my thrust for Sunday afternoon you will not regret giving and forgiving. Exodus 21.35 But if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, worm for worm, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. What happens when we forgive? In Matthew 6.12 Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I did have the verse on there. What happens when we forgive? We talk about two debtors. 
One was forgiven a huge amount. One was forgetting a very small amount. And then Jesus asked, who will love him more? And Luke 7, 47, Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. For to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Let's talk about forgiveness. Let's talk about the grace of God. Do you know how I know that you and I have gotten it with the grace of God? Is when we see the enormity of our sins. You may say, how do you know if you've been forgiven much or little by God? That's a great question. Have you been forgiven much or little by God? Sometimes somebody, I've lived a life of sin. I've done this. I've done that. I've done that. I've had all these things. I've been forgiven much. Well, how about the one raised in the church? How about the one raised in the church and they didn't go down that path? And they became a Christian because they saw the gift of God and they humbled themselves. Are they forgiven little? Is that what that's talking about? No. Whoever we are, whether the vilest sinner on this earth or somebody who's been raised from godly parents, when we come to God and give the, receive the forgiveness of God, our sins are over our head. They're infinite. There's no difference. But sometimes we don't recognize that. And there's the challenge in raising children in the church. Sometimes we may not recognize, our children may not recognize the enormity of the forgiveness they've received. Now, I'm not telling you, don't, don't, don't go out and have them sin and somehow that's going to help. That's not going to help. That's not what that means. It's recognizing the awesome power of forgiveness for each of us. Okay. Um, here's another form of giving. is teaching. I'm really thankful to see a few respond to Bryant's teaching. Teaching is giving. And you know what? You do a lot of teaching and you get a lot of rejection. Teaching God's Word is not easy. Teaching God's Word, you know ahead of time, is going to be like Jesus when He taught. The majority of the people rejected Him and they, they crucified Him. But you know why you're teaching? You're giving. And you're giving to people who don't recognize their need. But isn't it a blessing to see some people getting it? Isn't it a blessing just to get the few? And you know, sometimes you may be giving and think people have rejected it, and sometimes you may not understand the power of your example. When I was in high school, there was a drummer that tried to live for the Lord, and I wasn't. I was a trumpet player. Normally, the drummers had worse reputation than trumpet players. But in this case, this was a, this was, this was a guy that was trying to live for the Lord. And you know what? Privately, I didn't like him. I snubbed him. I did things against him. You know why, why I did that? He didn't do nothing wrong to me. He was a good guy. But I, I, I think in my own shame, I acted that way toward him. It wasn't until after my senior year of high school that we went our separate ways that I became a Christian. And in the years that have followed, you know, if I was ever to go to a class reunion, you know the one guy that I'd want to meet? It would be him. And by the way, when I first became a Christian, do you know the first church I visited was where he attended? Now, he wasn't there the day that I visited. I don't know if he ever knew of the change that I made. But I'm telling you, as you teach, and even when you're rejected, you've given a great gift. And God says He's honored by that. We can go to 2 Corinthians 3 and other verses that talk about God's honored by that. Sometimes as you teach, you have to tell somebody something that hurts a person 
But they need this hurt because they need it in order to get over it to see God. It says, then Jesus looking at the rich young ruler, he says, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Jesus says, hey guy, you may have all this money, but right now it's keeping you from learning to give. You've got to get that out of your life. You're not going to be my follower unless you learn to give. And he wasn't ready to do that. Why do we have preachers? We got the right kind of preacher. You got preachers that we give because we're debtors. God's forgiven me, and I, you know God wants teachers. I'm going to be a teacher because I want to give. I'm a debtor. I can't pay back what God's done for me, but I recognize what God has done. And by the way, I am showing the verse that I mentioned to you a minute ago. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Listen to this. There's two ways our teaching glorifies God. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. So let's stop just for a moment. That word fragrance, you know what that means? That's God smelling a smell and going, this is great. Now my mother used to have a favorite, I had a favorite meal. Now it's going to make you all kind of feel bad because this you probably won't like this. I used to love liver and onions. Yes, I know. Very strange. Yeah, but mother would cook liver and onions. I'd be playing football, and I'd smell that. It's time to go home. Uh, good, good guys, I'm, I'm sorry. We may be in the lead, but you know you need to get a substitute. It's time to go home. I can remember just smelling that smell. And did you know that God talks about our worship? Not just worship in the assembly, our giving our lives to Him. That when we do what He wants, He smells that and that pleases Him. Now notice, there's two things that please God. Verse 15. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ amongst those who are being saved. Okay, somebody receives the word. God's pleased. But look at this. And amongst those who are perishing. Did you know God is glorified when we preach the word in sincerity and it's rejected? And God says, I'm glorified by you in that. Let's keep going. To the one where the aroma of death leading to death and to the other aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God. But we are of sincerity, but as from God, we are speaking the sight of God in Christ. It's critical in a local church we teach the truth, all the truth, and nothing but the truth, and we don't hold back even though some people may get mad and walk out. Now, I don't want people to do that. If they know God, they're not going to walk out. If they know God, they say, I need to make some changes. But if we go for numbers, if that's all we're thinking about, we're peddling the Word of God. And by the way, you won't do that with your children, will you? You're going to tell your children some hard things because you want you love them and you want them to go to heaven. You, you, and you, you, the church needs to be like that, like good parents. God is glorified even when the message that I preach is rejected. All right, I want to cover the last section and then the lesson is yours. I think I've covered all this already in the earlier studies, and you can look at it. It talks about the essence of, of everything we do is a gift to God. All worship is, is bringing something before God and, and something that, that we want to do because of His blessings to us. So now, 
couple things. I'm not going to cover every point. I'm thinking I'm going to just cover the first three points here on this last section here. So a couple things. How does giving change? First off, giving is evidence of our love. One more time, 2 Corinthians 8, 5. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. And so we're very happy to give. Our lives are a living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1. Okay, the next point I want to make. Um, and again, you can look at this. Uh, oh, yeah, let, let's, uh, let, let's talk about, let's, let, let me tell you what. Let's go back a couple times here. I want to show you one verse. There was an occasion where David had sinned, King David, in the Old Testament. And a terrible pestilence was coming upon Israel, and David was terrified. He was saddened. He wanted to make this right before God. He wanted God's forgiveness and he wanted to stem this terrible thing. And so he wanted to provide a sacrifice to God. And somebody says, hey, David, I'll give you this land. I'll give you the money for the sacrifice. And David says, oh no, 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 no. If I'm going to give something to the Lord, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give something that cost me. I, I, I don't want to just give him scraps. I don't want somebody else to do it for me. I love this in 2 Samuel 24, 24. Then the king said to uh, Erenaiah, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, that which cost me nothing. And so David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Our giving, we want it to cost something. And in Malachi 1, there were those that just, oh man, what's the minimum we can get by with? And God's told them, look, I'd rather you just shut the doors. If you're coming here just to get... If you're coming here just because it's all about you, if you, if you give something and it's a pain... Don't give God the scraps. Malachi 1 talks about that. Another thing about giving is that it sets our priorities right. My brethren, we probably ought to turn off the TVs. We probably ought to just get off of a lot of things and people saying, you're going to be successful. you got the big old house. It's okay to have a big old house. Nothing wrong with that, but this has a success. You're going to be successful if you have the greatest job and you make this money. There's nothing wrong with having a great job and having money, but that's not what success is. You know what I I, I was telling uh, Martin, who is one of our members in Charlottesville, I'm not sure the church in Charlottesville is ever going to have great numbers in the congregation. They may, but you'll find that true here. I was here 10 years ago. It's almost like a whole different group. You may convert people and they move away. Then you bring some more people in. And you know, I was telling Martin the other day, I said, you know, 70% of the people we have right now probably will be gone in two years. And we're, we've got about 30, maybe 35. And I says, as long as we are meeting people and working with people and studying with people, I'm going to be happy. I am not going to let the focus on numbers dictate whether or not I feel like our, their effort is successful. That, that really helps me a lot. Are people opening their hearts to me? Are they listening to the Word of God? Are we seeing people respond? You know, I'm happy about that. Sometimes they may attend somewhere else. Okay, that's okay, as long as they're serving the Lord faithfully. Matthew six nineteen through 21 and then we may just bring the lesson to a close here. I think we, we probably can here. Here's the essence of giving. 
we understand that what is the here and now is temporary and we're glad to give it up. Matthew 6.19 Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor, nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break through and steal. Now look at verse 21. Here's where we talk about fulfillment. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Brethren, you want happiness? Give. You want happiness? Don't worry about the things that we touch and see and hold that decay. But see our God. See eternity. In Hebrews 5, 13 and 5, and we'll draw the conclusion, extend the invitation on this. Givers have found the meaning of life. Givers are excited about living. Givers can reflect the will of God and show what God means to them in ways that they can never fully understand. In Hebrews 13.5, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, I love this. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Isn't it great? What can we do more to give? If you'll see, let that dwell on that. If you get nothing else from this meeting, I guarantee you dwelling on that will change you. And there will be a lot of things that the world goes, ooh, that we're going, oh, I love this. It's not like you have to come to love liver. But sometimes I think the idea of giving people are afraid of that. But it's really good. And may we all, we may all grow in understanding His grace. We have an invitation song. The invitation song is we consider those that have never known God, we urge you to, if you come to know who He is, we, you know, seek His forgiveness. We read in Acts 2.38 on the day of Pentecost, those who recognized Jesus was the Christ, they said, men and brethren, what must we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of sins, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But more and more as I do invitations, invitations is for us. How can I be a better giver? Pray about it. Talk about it. Talk about much yourself. Watch the blessings that flow. You know, I was thinking about that Bible study I've got going. This form of giving. There's a lot of good things. A lot of ways. A lot of ways to do it. A lot of ways. And you'll find, you know, like I say, you'll find you, you just, this life just is, comes so full. What a great God we serve. If you need to respond in any way, publicly or privately, just consider these things and let's make them a part of our life. We'll now uh, sing the song that's been selected. Come as we stand and sing.